Did your favorite NFL team win the Super Bowl? No? Then the NFL Draft is your Super Bowl. I'm Danny Heifetz, and from now until the draft, we are turning our fantasy football show feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we talk about the top players and most important storylines for the NFL Draft. So join us on the Ringer NFL Draft Show. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's emergency pod season. Shio Kapadia here with Ben Solak, an extra point taken bonus episode on the Ringer NFL feed. We have the trade siren sounding on Friday afternoon, Friday evening, depending on where you are. The Carolina Panthers move up from nine to one in a trade with the Chicago Bears. Ben, you, you have to agree with me now that the offseason's better than the in-season. I mean, that moment when you found out the trade I've never was argued more exciting with you. than like... I've never, never, you've never, never argued, argued with me? With okay, you you're in? No. Okay. There you I, go. I, I like, you know, you've had, you have two kids. I have two kids. It's the in-season and the off-season. I love them both equally and in different ways. <laughs> because that, that's, that's, that's how a father feels about his children. He doesn't love one more than the other. Um, I mean, no, this was, this was like... There were storm clouds brewing on the horizon. There was, you know, Bears accounts were tweeting and it felt like it was coming down. We know they put the, uh, the deadline in place for free agency. So you're just wondering, like, are they really going to do this Friday afternoon? And it turns out they did it Friday afternoon. And I had already ordered pho. So I drove out and I got the pho and I came back and I ate it really fast. And now I'm on the podcast. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. So you're doing this with a full stomach. I've got pasta waiting for me uh, in the other room. But don't worry, I'm not going to rush the podcast to get to dinner. Let's get to it. We're going to dissect this from every angle. We can think up. I want to start with Carolina, Ben. We we have talked, I feel like, for months about which team should trade up to number one. We think the Bears are moving out. And we've mentioned Carolina on this pod, on this feed, I think, multiple times. So right now, mm -hmm. if you have a Panthers friend, buddy, calling you up saying, Benny Souls, come on, you're, you're the authority. How should I feel about this trade? What are you telling them right now? You got the first overall pick. Yeah, you're picking the quarterbacks in, in, in a dense quarterback class in a quarterback class with with four top guys, depending on who you ask. That's a great spot to be in. Are they going to be throwing it to Terrence Marshall, Shai Smith, and LaVisca Chenault next season? Potentially. Is there a world in which you end up not taking the best of the four with the first overall pick because it's really hard to get the correct top quarterback? Absolutely. Is your quarterback coach Josh McCown, who's just kind of like hired based off the vibes that he'd be a good coach someday and it's his first year ever and Frank Reich knew him in Philly? Yeah. Other than that, though, it's great. We're loving it. It's awesome. I love that. I, I would be much more enthusiastic to my Panthers, uh, my Panthers fans, friends. I, I would be pumped about this. Listen, you have gone through however many years in the post-Cam Newton era with no quarterback. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Kyle Allen, P.J. Walker, Cam Newton the second time, Baker Mayfield, Will Greer. It was time to end the Band-Aid era uh, at quarterback for the Panthers. And, and listen, there are only so many opportunities you have to move up. Like if you have the 23rd pick, it's very difficult to get to, to range where you're going to draft who you think is a franchise quarterback. And so this was a, a year where they had the number nine pick. They had some additional draft capital from that Christian McCaffrey trade. They move up from nine to one. 
and I think the compensation is fair. We can get to that in a minute when we talk yeah. about the Bears. But this is not a scenario where there was some massive bidding war and you had to overpay compared to the trades we've seen in recent years. And so uh, I think what you gave up was reasonable. And now, like you said, you got to you got to do your scouting. I'm sure they probably have, they've already done it, right? They probably know who they're taking already because I don't think you make this trade yeah. unless you love so the guy been, been, at uh, number one. Yeah, there have been some tweets. Scott Fowler, who's been at the Charlotte Observer for a long, long time. Uh, Panthers will take a QB at one, but have a couple guys they like. Also not discounting training back to two and recouping some of what they gave up. I don't buy that part. Ooh, uh, quote, we control it now, a Panthers source says. So that's Scott Fowler, again, Charlotte Observer. Uh, Joe Person, who... Scrolling, uh, it just says in his bio, Carolina Panthers. I don't remember where he works, but Joe Person, who also covers the Panthers, the athletic, uh, the, Panthers, the athletic, yeah, the athletic. Thank you. Will say they're keeping their options open. Read which quarterback they'll take. They should, but the sense around the league is that they're going up for CJ Shroud. So I think they know they have a guy that they feel good taking at one in Shroud, and I also think that they haven't signed, sealed, and delivered that. I don't think that's written in ink yet. So I, I don't mind having that approach, especially because the Bears were very public about the fact that they wanted to get this trade done before free agency and now we know why. It's because they wanted to get a top receiver. They needed to add another receiver and they didn't want to be going after uh, you know, Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster and trying to trade for DeAndre Hopkins if they could fold in a player like DJ Moore into this trade with the first overall pick. And so the Panthers had to get this deal done to send Moore to the Bears before free agency began such that I, I don't think they it, it, I don't think it's 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 determined that they 100% know who their guy is. I think they have a strong lean, but I don't think they're they're locked in. And and they also, I mean, the Panthers had to have a plan at quarterback. And so if this trade wasn't going to get done, they might have had to go in a different direction and, and explore all kinds of options next week when the league year starts. Listen, if you're the, if you're the Panthers for the first time since David Tepper has been the owner, you have a reasonable path forward to build a winner and sustain success. You have a, I think, a competent. Uh, good head coach in Frank Reich. We have your boy, defensive coordinator, Ejiro Evero, with, by the way, some talent good. on that defense. You're not starting from scratch. He should be able to do good stuff with that defense. And now it's what every franchise is basically faced with. Unless you have the number one pick and it's Joe Burrow or something like that, like you're faced with these decisions where... You have to scout the guys, you have to have conviction, and you have to pick the guy. You could be one of these teams. I mean, we have many teams who are just kick the can, kick the can, kick the can. Oh, it's been seven years. We don't have a quarterback yet, but you know what? We haven't exactly found the guy who we like, and so we're just going to have Band-Aids every year. I think this is a good year to do it for the Panthers. I think there are good prospects at the top of the draft. We'll get to them uh, later in the episode, but uh, I love this move for the Panthers. Now, you mentioned a key part there, which uh, our, our wonderful producer, Stefan Anderson, brought up before we started recording. The cupboard is bare at, uh, at Playmaker for the Carolina Panthers, which it's funny, going into last season, that wasn't the case. You kind of yeah. looked at the supporting cast and go, oh, they've got some dudes uh, there. They don't right now. I think, was it you who was tweeting out their uh, starting wide receivers? Or did I see that? Somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, that was, was Shy Smith. Who is it? Who, who, who do we got starting if they had to play a game tomorrow? So, uh, Terrace Marshall, who they just, you know, Scott yeah. Fitter just gave a big vote of confidence. Like, we love, we love Terrace. Uh, so, yeah. Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, and then presumably Shy Smith, maybe a little Rashard Higgins in there. But of course, he's a free agent. So, it depends on whether or not they bring Rashard back, you know, that fight for wide receiver three there. Yeah, li listen, it's it's obviously not a great group. They have work to do. I would just say, like, I, if I'm a Panthers fan, I'm not, like, panic. You wanted to hold on to DJ Moore. That would have been great. DJ Moore with a rookie quarterback. That had to be part of the trade, obviously. But, you know, the quarterback is the is the big thing. You hit on that. You can find some competent pieces in free agency. It's not a great group. Maybe you hit on a draft pick. It's also not a one-year thing. You're not expected to win the Super Bowl next year. Next year, you kind of want to set the floor with some competency. You have a whole nother offseason to kind of build that supporting cast around whichever quarterback you get. And then you move forward and you try to build a winner while that quarterback's on their rookie contract. So uh, Frank Reich as a history of having to do more with less. I mean, look at the skill position players he worked with in Indianapolis. They never had a great group of pass catchers, and they pretty you know, consistently had at least a mediocre to above average 
passing game with the quarterbacks he had. So I think they'll find ways uh, to fill that wide receiver group. Again, it's not going to be a great group right away, but I think you can take some time and build it. And that's really been the norm. I mean, look at the bill. The Bills didn't have a great wide receivers right away. The next offseason, they trade for Stefan Diggs. You build it up. So I think that's obviously next on their to-do list, but uh, I would still be pumped about this move if I were a Carolina Panthers fan. All right, cool. let's get to question number yeah. two, Benjamin. How should Chicago Bears fans feel about this move? You talked about Ryan Poles quite a bit just in our episode earlier this week on Extra Point Taken. He was talking to Peter King. He was talking about what he was going to get for this pick. Uh, yeah. how, how should Bears fans feel now that they have a deal in place? Solid. Uh, I think, right, we, we talked about the compensation, which uh, have we said it exactly on the, on the pod yet. Um, the Panthers sent to the Bears nine overall. 61 overall, a 2024 first, so next year's first round pick, a 2025 second, so in draft capital, that's a one, a two, a one, and a two, and then DJ Moore for the first overall pick. I think that probably should have led. I probably should have led with that, right? Can I blame that on you having eaten dinner and me not having eaten dinner yet? I mean, that's a yeah. bad job by the host to not I, mention I, I, the draft I didn't competition we, at the top of the show. I didn't remember if we had said it or not. <laughs> and honestly, at this point, in like anybody who's getting their news on what the competition that's right, is you should know podcast, already. Yeah, put, put put push notifications on, brother. Let's go compete. Anyway, in terms of of, of return, right? This is why I was kind of a like annoyed slash worried about Ryan Poles being like, I know I can get a 2024 first and a 2025 first. He said that. And then he didn't get that, objectively speaking. He did get DJ Moore, which of course is really good and probably is worth a first round pick. Remember, AJ Brown was traded straight up for a first round pick. He needed an extension last year. And then Marquise Brown was traded uh, for a first round pick last year during the draft. And he also needed an extension. I don't know exactly how good DJ Moore is, but he's somewhere between AJ Brown and Marquise Brown, right? Yeah. And so I think he's definitely worth that first round pick. And critically, he doesn't need uh, that extension, right? He's got a big cap hit this year, but the Bears can swallow that. They have an out, actually, because it's all, it's not really guaranteed money left on the deal since it's been traded. But they'll have him for uh, uh, about 20 million this year, about 16 million next year, and about 15 million the year following. If Moore's the wide receiver one that they believe he is, that's under market value for three years. It's going to be 26, 27, 28 years old. It's a really, really good acquisition. So altogether, I think it's, I think it's a very strong... Uh, I think it's a strong package. With more and, and, and pushing for that veteran receiver, you just, in doing so, mo- elect not to get on some other picks, right? Instead of taking on like another future first, you go and you get more. And I think that's a smart move and an appropriate move in terms of helping you evaluate Justin Fields this year, right? Like a 2025 first round pick doesn't help you figure out if Fields is the guy in 2023. DJ Moore helps you figure out if Fields is the guy in 2023. And that's the big challenge that's left for the Bears. So I do think that's good. It always is nice to have those future firsts though because, okay, right now you got DJ Moore. DJ Moore is the 15th, 17th, 19th best receiver in the NFL. You have a future first and then all of a sudden, you know, the eighth best receiver in the NFL starts to get upset with his team. The sixth best receiver in the NFL wants to move. We saw so much wide receiver movement last offseason. Sometimes it's nice to have those future picks. And then you can trade for like a really elite guy instead of just like a good number one. But altogether, I think it's it's a solid acquisition package. And on the last note, you're staying in the top 10. Ninth overall is not a bad spot to be in this draft class. I like it for the Bears. I like it a lot. Yeah, so the the draft competition, I was trying to look at recent deals and figure out, is the, is this fair? Is it not fair? Because it is weird when a player gets thrown into it. It kind of throws you off a little bit. And so I think the, the best comp we have is the 49ers moved up from 12 to 3 to draft Trey Lane. So 9 to 1 versus 12 to 3. It's pretty comparable. The Miami Dolphins in that trade uh, also acquired uh, 2022 first, a 2023 first, and a 2022 third round pick. So you would look at that and say, wait a minute, the Panthers uh, to move down, I I mean, the Bears to move down nine spots just got a 2022 first, a 2025 second, and DJ Moore. Aren't aren't they short a first round pick? But I think your point is a good one with, with DJ Moore. I mean, what we've seen with the wide receiver market in recent years, I think DJ Moore is absolutely worth a first round pick. Like if they just said, hey, DA, we're trading DJ Moore. What's anyone going to give up? You would have at least gotten uh, a first round pick 
for DJ Moore. So if you plug him in as a first-round pick, it's really almost identical to what uh, the Dolphins got when they moved down from 12 to 3 in that Trey Lance deal. And I, I think we can't, uh, you know, the, the DJ Moore aspect of this is really important. I mean, he's been really good. He, in the last four seasons, 4,413 yards. That ranks seventh among all wide receivers. And again, mm-hmm. who was thrown to him? Darnold, Bridgewater, Kyle Allen, PJ Walker, Cam, the, the second version of Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> and Will Greer. Like, it, it's hard for rece- really good receivers. Yeah. Even when we know they're awesome, when they get quarterback play like that, they generally don't produce like that. And so uh, he's 17th in yards per route run out of 84 wide receivers. So yeah, I think he's definitely a top 15, top 20 wide receiver. You could easily convince me. I mean, you know, think of if, if he were with like a really good quarterback, a consistent passing game, I think he would be putting up uh, even more monster numbers. So my take with the Bears, if you're a Bears fan, listen, if you're a Justin Fields believer, and what do you think? I feel like it, it feels like what, 95% of Bears fans are Justin Fields like, all in believers yeah. is that high? What what do you think it is? Mo, mo, most most members of a fan base that have a good quarterback are believers in that quarterback. Shield, see what I did okay. there? See see how yeah, I see how, uh, see how I spun that one? I did I did see uh, <laughs> what you did there, and so I I'm not gonna <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk more in Justin Fields in one of these other questions that I have. But listen, if you like Ben said, if you like Justin Fields, if you're a Bears fan, you believe in him. You're saying, man, just get some pieces around him. Then this is a fair deal. For you, you, you get yeah. a wide receiver one right away. And your point, your point is a good one that this class of free agency wide receivers is not good. In fact, it stinks. Yeah. You're going to be overpaying for wide receivers who are not nearly as good as DJ Moore. And the draft class is not good either. So uh, I think it's, I hate to be the guy who says, I feel like it's a good, I like the deal for both teams. But at the end of the it's day, square. I asked myself, would I have done this deal if I were the Panthers? Yes. Would I have done this deal if I'm yeah. the, the Bears and I believe in Justin Fields? Yes. I think the compensation is fair on both ends. Yeah. I don't think the, the Bears robbed Carolina blind. And I also think the Bears got good value out of the pick with how they were marketing it and when they wanted to move it. I think that like, I've been talking a lot about Poles' process, and I was like, he's got to land the plane here if he wants to get this number four free agency. Otherwise, he gets sweaty. He did a good job doing that. And I thought, yeah, I thought the Panthers moved what they had to move. I think losing more is a bit of a Band-Aid, but from the reporting we've seen after the trade, it seems like more was a non-negotiable. And once you kind of swallow that pill, they really didn't have to give up too much in the way of draft capital to get it done. Uh, and so now it's about landing the pick. I do want to talk about this Bears wide receiver room, though. Because DJ Moore is in there. And like you're saying, like a true wide receiver one. When I put DJ Moore into my, like I did a wide receiver tier list last year and I put him into like the good number one category. He was right around the 20th best receiver in the league. Looking back at it now, heuristically, I'd probably like have him like 18, 19. With a room of DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and Darnell Mooney, how good is the Bears receiver room actually is my big question. Because there's no real like elite dude. And there are some. Oh, that was a big boys crack on that one. We didn't need that in there. There are some teams that have like an elite guy and then a near elite guy, right? When I go and I try to rank this Bears wide receiver room, they end up about average in the league for me. They end up about 15, 16, 17 in terms of where where they land league consensus, the quality of their pass catchers. That's like, I don't want to overstate how good the room is. I think it's drastically improved. And I think improving from like being the 32nd, 31st, 30th best team at wide receiver, I think that's hugely important. It goes from like Fields having to make the entire offense off of himself to being like, no, Fields is like has a functional receiver room. This should look like a functional passing offense. But I don't want it to be like, all right, now they've got all the weapons, baby. Like it's still like Mooney, Claypool, DJ Moore, and Cole Komet. It's still like, all right, I'm really interested to see what the Bears do with all this money they've gotten free agency because this offense still it could continue to add weapons. I mean, Dave Montgomery out the building, Khalil Herbert, like there's a lot to get done still for the Bears. This episode is brought to you by Crown Royal. This NBA season, Crown Royal is celebrating the loyal fans that show up for every tip-off and also celebrating the people who drink Crown Royal during games. I know I like to have some around whenever I'm taking in a basketball game, an NBA game. Always good to have around. And Crown Royal believes if you live generously, life will treat you royally. Visit crownroyal.com to get ready for tip-off. Please drink responsibly. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Well, that was actually yeah, going to be my next question was, does Fields have enough around him? Now, I actually think you're underrating him a little bit. I haven't done the same exercise, uh, so I, I can't tell you where exactly Do you want, I would you want me to them. run through it really quick? So I have it listed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, sure. Let's let's hear it. Yeah, yeah why so, not? What else are we doing? Yeah, top so top tier in terms of wide receiver groups. Uh, I don't think I'll get yeah. any argument from you on this. Bengals, Eagles, Dolphins, Bucks, 49ers, Right? We got like top ten, top twelve guys, multiple top ten, top twelve guys in each one of those groups. We're including tight ends, running backs, everything. This isn't just wide receivers. I'm I'm mo- I'm just talking pass catchers, really. Pass like, catchers, okay. And like right, guys, so tight the quarterbacks, ends. Though, yeah. Okay. In the next uh, tier, yeah, I I think I would yeah. agree with that. All right, the top of the next tier, I have Seahawks, Broncos, Commanders, Bills. Oh, I don't. I mean, the Broncos have a who? Who on who on the Broncos? You like the Broncos group Jerry better Judy? than the Bears group? You think that's better than this? No way! I'm taking the Bears group yeah. over that group any day. We totally okay. disagree right. there. Okay, yeah. okay, that's fine. Who were the other teams you mentioned? I, I said Seahawks, Broncos, Commanders, Bills. Oh, I could easily put. I would easily put this Bears group in with with those those groups. I mean, I think you're underrating right. DJ Moore quite a bit here. I mean, I, I do think he's a legit number one wide receiver, and Claypool and Mooney as two and three is fine with me. I think that's the tier that I would put this I'm Bears fine. group in with. I'm fine with saying DJ Moore is a legit wide receiver one. Claypool and Mooney, you got to sell me on this Chase Claypool thing is some nonsense now. I mean, like, and that's that's what this boils down to. I think Mooney is a fine guy to have in your rotation. I think Moore is a solid wide receiver one. The Claypool trade, man, I cannot get over how little juice they got out of Claypool in, in the half season that they had him, obviously, and just what they think his usage is going to be. He's, he's, he's a giant wide receiver who doesn't win catches above the rim. He's, he's a jet sweep merchant. He's a, he's a drag and run guy. Like Besides the nine touchdown season in Pittsburgh, which like the touchdown production, I think, belied how useful he was, I haven't seen enough from Claypool to really like believe in him as, as a legitimate target. Where like I'm like, oh, I'm funneling Chase Claypool targets this game. I'm so excited. Like I can't get there with that. Yeah, but as like a, I mean, and if you just look at it, his first two seasons, he had over 800 yards both of his first two seasons and averaged over 14 yards per reception. I mean, that just is objectively number two wide receiver production. Now he he didn't do it uh, last year for sure. And I'm with you that the, the draft, that mm-hmm. trade uh, is looking bad and the way he was used there looked bad, but that, yeah, you know, you have to look at the team also in that respect, as much as the player, like he's had two seasons of production that is objectively uh, number two or number three mm-hmm. wide receiver production. Jerry Judy is first two, uh, two of his first three years at over 800 yards and over 14 yards per reception. Like, and then you, you're so yeah, quick that's to what, toss Jerry Judy but, off to the wayside. No, no, but, uh, no, 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 that's fine. But I would, then I'm taking DJ Moore over Cortland Sutton any day of the week. So that's what, that's why I, I'm mm. looking at it uh, that way. You disagree with that. Wow. DJ, same, same, on, tier. D- same, same tier. Oh, I, I think we're just, we're just picking DJ flavors Moore is at this a point. Better player. 
right. Okay. The other the other teams that I'm looking at in terms of being, I think, a, a step above the Bears, just to finish the conversation. You can yell at me at any of these if you want to. Uh, I've got Raiders. <laughs> I've got Raiders, including Darren Waller. Uh, I've got Cardinals because D Hop is on the roster as of right now. When D Hop is gone, I think obviously that group is worse. Lions and the Jaguars. I think that those those groups are all better wide receiver rooms than the Bears. So it's just uh, the only reason I bring up that exercise is because I think it's the Jaguars right now. You think are a better wide receiver room? Calvin Ridley plus Christian Kirk plus Evan Ingram. Okay, what are we talking about? Okay. First of all, we I mean, we have no idea what Calvin Ridley is going to look like. A thousand like yard receiver not, two years ago, Calvin Ridley. Okay, but he's, is he, I don't think he's better than DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley. I mean, Bad you take. could put them in the same tier if you want, but, um, and the then combined, the other one, I mean, the, card, the, the, the Cardinals. Are, okay, 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 the Cardinals. okay, let's, let's, what? let's knock, Cardinals <laughs> is, if Hopkins is there, Hopkins, like, obviously, like, is probably going to go. I, I, I caveated that one. Let's talk, okay, we got to this Jags one. Let's let's pretend for a second Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore equal. You don't think Can I Evan admit Ingram? that I forgot Calvin Ridley was on the uh, that I, okay, I forgot yes, about that you for can. a second. And now 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 I won't. But still, no, I, won't I, I think it's the same team. Honestly, I think the first five teams you mentioned, uh I'm on board with you and then that I, I would put the Bears in that next group with any of them. So I would disagree with you 16 to 17. I think if I, you know, maybe for the next extra point taken, I can rank them all and we can I can tell you this is definitively where I think the Bears are, but from doing that uh, that exercise, I think they're firmly above average. They're probably mm-hmm. in like the 10 to 12 range and it, as you as you mentioned, the key point is that huge upgrade from what they had yeah, uh that's last the big year. Point. So yeah. Yeah. You and that, you and Ryan Poles, all your eggs in the DJ Moore basket, baby. I'm excited to see it. Uh, now, the other thing I will mention with DJ Moore, uh, you mentioned the contract. I've seen people mention the contract. Are we sure he's going to be happy playing on that uh, on that contract for the next three years? And there's not going to be a restructure at some some point. I understand the team has leverage. He's under contract, but man, he's making 17 million a year for the next three seasons. That's being paid like the 20th best wide receiver. His agent is Drew Rosenhaus. I just let's see if that if you're getting him on that contract, it's like an absolute home run, great value of a deal. Um, I just wonder, you know, at some point, maybe it's after next season. Who right. knows um, that that he would say, settle down now. We need to restructure this bad boy. So that's something else to keep in mind. But uh, just with the fields conversation, what else do that? What, what else do they need to do? I mean, they've still got a lot of cap space. They've got picks yeah. nine. 54, 62, and 65. I mean, you would look at the offensive line for sure as an area where they need to upgrade. And I, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm saying, you better not be spending like a lot of these resources on defense. Like this is a great start to help Justin Fields. Now let's get that offensive line protected. And then Matt Eberflus, if you want to, you know, a linebacker or uh, a pass rusher or whatever, we'll get to that afterwards. But don't, I'm with you. Don't think you're done here and you can just go and play in week one. Yeah, you're going to be devastated when that ninth overall pick becomes Drew Sanders, <laughs> the big linebacker out of Arkansas, the Shaq Leonard clone. Um, yeah, I think that you, you look at the Bears who have, I, I want to say, the most or the second most cap space right now. I think it's the most. Um, and and like I said, right now, in terms of their starting like skill positions, it's Fields, uh, Mooney Claypool, Moore, and then you have Cole Komet at tight end, which I think is totally fine. And then right now, it's Khalil Herbert at running back. Like, Khalil Herbert was a nifty little player last year. David Montgomery injured during part of the season and approaching free agent. I could see them improving at running back. I could see them going for more juice. But if they do, it's like Miles Sanders, right? Because Tony Pollard got tagged, Josh Jacobs got tagged, and Saquon Barkley got tagged. So, like, we talk about that wide receiver market not being too good in free agency. Running back market as well, like, it's, it's fine. But uh, if, if if you're going for a Miles Sanders, I imagine you're just bringing David Montgomery back because you know him. Like, I don't think there's too big of a delta there. Uh, accordingly, I think that if you're going to spend money, you can spend it on. Uh, interior offensive line, where we've seen now a lot of guys like get you know like, get cut. We saw Ben Jones get cut from the Titans. We saw Graham Glasgow was getting released from Denver. You can get some veterans in the room, which getting veterans on the offensive line is really really beneficial. Just because average play at guard is just it's firstly it's better than what the Bears had, and secondly you don't want to be a weak link team at, at an offensive line. What I mean by that is if your offensive line you have four studs and one really bad guy, you have a bad offensive line because you can't hide the dude. It's too difficult. You'd rather have like five solid guys because then there's no particular liability and it's harder for pass rushes to key in on what you want to get. So bringing in a Ben Jones for a year and a Graham Glasgow for a year, Isaac Samala from the Eagles is a rising free agent. Uh, you, any of these guys just like kind of work for, for knocking one, one item off of your list. 
not a lot of tackles making the open market though, and that's where I would expect they would go draft. Right, tackle I think is is their biggest need uh, along the offensive line. Braxton Jones, who was a fifth round pick last year, was better than you'd expect a fifth round pick to be. I think he's a far cry from like we've got our guy, and so I I, I would be extremely fine making a move at left tackle, and then at right tackle it was like Riley Reef and Larry Borum. It was a it was a a, a turnstile, and and you have to improve there, and so I would imagine. Uh, at nine, they start looking at the top of that tackle class. Peter Skronsky out of Northwestern, Paris Johnson out of Ohio State, Darnell Wright out of, out of uh, Tennessee, and start figuring out who you're going to look at there. I would expect free agency is more you look at the running back class and the interior offensive line class. Tackle makes a lot of sense for them at number nine. I think, man, if they spend a lot of money at running back or like a key resource on running back, that's ridiculous. They should not be doing that. Khalil Herbert, you know, I'm not saying he's uh, the next Barry Sanders. He averaged 5.7 yards per carry for them last year. Like you're, we've seen it when you have a quarterback who can run, that running back is going to be put in a fantastic situation. That is not a spot where you need to invest a lot of resources. So uh, I think they can chill at running back, wait, let the market play out. If there's someone cheap you want to sign for $2 million to pair with Khalil Herbert, if there's someone on day two that you want to draft that you really like, that's fine. But if they're spending that free agency money on running back or on non-premium positions on defense, uh, I would be pretty upset if I were a Bears fan. I- I'm with you on in- interior O-line. It's kind of like the Bengals, honestly, last uh Offseason, you know, they didn't make the huge splash Mm -hmm. on the offensive line, but they got Ted Karras, uh, Alex Kappa, and Lyle Collins. They got three, you know, like, okay starters. And for not a lot of money, that's a smart way to approach this if you're the Chicago Chicago Bears. All right. I don't know if you're on the record with this yet, so I'm ready to ask you. And if you're not ready to declare, you can say this is my answer as of March 10th, but I might change it. Who will the Panthers take with the number one pick? Who should the Panthers take with the number one pick? We have Bryce Young. We have C.J. Stroud. I saw some Daniel Jeremiah on NFL Network saying, are we sure it's not going to be, or was it Dan Orlowski, one of them? Maybe it was both of them saying, are we sure it's not going to be? NFL Network, it's Jeremiah. No, I I think they were tweeting with each other or someone quote. Oh, they've been out here tweeting? I don't know. Yeah, no. Uh, Uh, is, are we sure? They were saying, are we sure it's not Anthony Richardson at number one, which, man, that would make for a fun draft night. Uh, I don't know if you've done your QB rankings, if you have a strong take about they should absolutely take this guy or here's who I would take, or if you have a feel on who they should take. What do you think? I've been trying to figure this out all day. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I, 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 I had a sense that the Panthers are going to be the team to move up, and I wanted to get my bet in on the first quarterback market before it moved. Uh, right now, the markets are very heavily to, to CJ Stroud. I think Stroud Stroud's like a minus 300, minus 350 favorite, an enormous favorite for this stage of the process. Uh, I Although, imagine, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but aren't those odds like wild every year? Like, I feel like they're not, they don't tell us much at this point. Like, they change a crazy yeah. amount by the time we get to draft day, right? Yes. And like, one of the things okay. that, like if, if everybody knows who the pick is, the books don't post the odds. If there's question as to who it is, the books will post the odds because they want you to out leverage yourself. because uh, the, the odds are extremely juiced, right? Like if you if you calculate out like the percent chance that's implied by the odds of any of the top four quarterbacks going first overall, you get a sum of like sixty-five percent. Like it, like the juice is, okay. is insane. I that didn't mean anything to anybody. I'm sorry. But anyway, um the moral of the story is this. The NFL thinks it's Stroud. Like, I, I think I think if, if you hit up a league source anywhere in the NFL right now and you ask them, who do you think the Panthers are taking a one? I think the average answer you get is Stroud. I think they like Stroud. I think that they like more than more than one quarterback. I don't think they're decided just yet. In terms of what they should do, Stroud is extremely defensible, which I know is not like a ringing endorsement. Um, <laughs> but if you go and you look at, at the history of picks, uh, excuse me, the history of quarterbacks Frank Reich has coached, Peyton Manning, six foot five. Philip Rivers, six foot five. Carson Wentz, six foot five. Nick Foles, six foot six. Andrew Luck, six foot four. Jacoby Brissett, six foot four. Rivers again. Wentz again. Matt Ryan, six foot four. That's from Theo Ash. Uh, I don't. I, I. I don't think they're a Bryce Young team. I think they're going to do the work on Richardson, Levis, and Stroud, and then I think we're going to see where they end up uh, in six weeks. It's Stroud is Stroud is a delight. He makes a lot of sense. He's a delightful player. He's so accurate. He's so good in the pocket. 
I would I am worried about his lack of mobility, but I can understand Frank Reich, who typically has worked with pocket passers who are tall, big guys, not caring too much about that. And that's what Stroud is. That's the bill he fits. And so Stroud is, a, is an intuitive early lead. I just don't think it's locked yet. Uh, I'm not ruling Bryce Young out. I think some of that stuff is circumstantial with the uh, w- with the quarterbacks Frank Reich has had. I-, I would agree with you if I had to say right now, hey, who do I think the Panthers are going to take? I think I would go with C.J. Stroud. I-, I could just see it. Frank Reich and Josh McCown going, this guy has all the tools to be uh, a very, very good. Real yeah. quick, if, jo- if Josh McCown has a substantial amount of sway over this pick, I question the process. I love Josh, but like, he's a first-year coach. I mean, still, uh, I don't know, he's the quarterback's coach. I think he'll, his input will be taken. I don't think he's making right, but the like, pick. Okay, when the Cardinals took Kyler Murray, who was the quarterback's coach? Nobody, no nobody knows or cares who the quarterback <laughs> coach is at the first overall pick until we all know it's Josh McCown. We're like, hey, Josh McCown really likes CJ Stroud. And it's like, well, cool for Josh McCown. I don't think if McCown shows up and tells Dave Tepper and Scott Fitterer, hey, I really like CJ Stroud, they're gonna be like, whoa, let's go back to the chalkboard. It's Josh yeah. McCown, man. Anyway, I love Josh McCown. Uh, I-, I think it's because Josh McCown did did the uh the video series, which now I really have to Fantasy, watch with yeah. uh, our, our friend Josh Norris at uh, at Underdog, where he's he's literally scouting and giving his opinion on these quarterbacks. So that's going to be a fun one to watch. By the way, Scott Fitterer in Seattle when they drafted short quarterback Russell Wilson. So you know, in the third knows? round, they will, they will have a conversation. They'll have a conversation. We'll see how it goes. So I think it's going to be Stroud. I'm not ruling out uh, Young. Now you you very uh, did a nice savvy job there of not saying who you would take if Frankie Reich called you up and said, Ben, I've been listening to, you know, since I got fired, my Monday routine changed. I listened to Extra Point Taken every Monday. Great show, by the way. Uh, Love the chemistry with you and Sheila. It always entertains me, whether you guys are right or wrong, but I need your opinion. I'm just gauging everyone. I gauge Josh McCown. Uh, I gauge David uh, Tepper. Who else? Who's like a random Carolina person? Uh, you know, Michael Jordan. I I saw him. Uh, you know, we were playing golf together. I wanted to see. Who when I take. think of random Carolina people, <laughs> I think of Michael Jordan. Yeah. George, so George, he's taking this poll. He got Jordan, Tepper, McCown, but now he wants your opinion. Who should he take with the number one pick? And again, if you're, I, I know this is, we, we don't want to get like old takes exposed. So if you aren't sure yet, at some point, you're going to have to go on record with this. But if you want to say, who it would be now with the right to change it before we get to the first round of the draft. Uh, we will allow that. I will make you go officially on the record, of course, at some point. I, at this stage, am not <laughs> positive with, with my answer. I was hoping you wouldn't notice. I did a little politician's dodge on that question. Did a, lot, did a lot of what might happen. I'm a reporter. Um, Come on. I Here's the thing. Of the four quarterbacks, when I watch them, I like Stroud the most. I also am quarterback mobility pilled. I, I like. I to me, this is the direction the league's going. I don't know if I would want to hitch my wagon to a quarterback who is as reliant on being good in the pocket as CJ Stroud is. Right? Like to me, like Stroud exists on and plays on the spectrum of Dak Prescott to Jared Goff, which like Dak is as good as it gets from the pocket, reading out coverages, changing protections, accuracy from from tight areas, buying half a second. Like he is, he is premier, and he continues to lose in the playoffs, which is not his fault. And it continues to get beleaguered by his fan base. Like, so much of elite quarterback play, when you hit a home run, you're hitting it predicated on the idea of mobility. And Shroud, you do not have that range of outcomes with Shroud. Even if his range of outcomes are narrow and they're all good and you know how to make it work, you're Frank Reich and you've worked with quarterbacks like this. Like, even if all of that's true, I don't know if but you want to But what about that Georgia game where, where it was kind of a version of Shroud we yeah, hadn't so seen before? This, that this cha- explanation I'm just asking. Real- it was nice and neat and it was tight. Yeah. And then Stroud walked out against Georgia. It was outside of his mind. It's a different version of CJ Stroud. Yeah. It was un. I do. And he was the, creating. The, he was doing those things you're talking about. The CJ Stroud film against Georgia is without question the best film of any quarterback in this class that I've seen. Period. Like by a mile. It's just, I watched him for two years not do that and then he did it against the best possible defense (laughs) in the biggest stage which kind of messes with your head shield so yeah the georgia (laughs) film is uh, uh, whatever team drafts cj stroud panthers at one chiefs at 31 and everybody in between whatever team drafts cj stroud the 
first thing out of the general manager's mouth when they go to the press conference is going to be, you watch the way he played against Georgia in the biggest stage on that, on that, that film, whatever. And deservedly yeah. so. Like That game was a marquee game. So it, it's a good call out. It's, it's an important matchup. Yeah, it's only it's only because I, I generally agree with you. You know, he he looks as he looks like that prototypical uh, pocket passer. But when we talk about range of outcomes, and you're a team, you know, you might say, well, ooh, there is a little bit more to him if we do value that creativity, that uh, mobility, that ability to get a bucket, as they say, the second reaction stuff, because that was there, like we said, against the best defense uh, in the country in that one game. So uh, I have Bryce Young. First, I like I would I think CJ Stroud looks like a great prospect as well. I mean, I would not really kill them if they went with either yeah. guy. What about the I wild? Say, what about the wild card? I spent I spent yeah. today uh, watching film with my friend uh, Coach Flynn at Princeton University, and we watched sick invite, sick Anthony invite. Rich, and we watched Anthony Richardson's. 25 best throws. And I went into this experience being like, the hype is out of control for this guy. Are you serious? And then I watched his 25 best throws. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I could see how somebody could talk themselves into this guy. Where are you with him? Like if, if a report came out tomorrow that like Anthony Richardson is the favorite for the uh, Panthers at number one, how would you feel about it? It makes sense. I would totally get it in terms of his, wow. his arc and, and when it would peak. I, listen, Right now, like he's the third. Like, like it's usually like Stroud is a favorite, like minus three hundred. Bryce Young plus two hundred, and then then Richardson's back there, like plus five hundred, plus six hundred. Levis is the one who right now is like plus ten million, which I think is very wrong. I don't think Richardson nor Levis is out of this conversation for the for for the Panthers at one. I wouldn't mind Richardson at all, just because of talking about range of outcomes. He gives you a range of outcomes that Stroud doesn't on the high end. That like if there's going to be a guy in this class who is a bona fide elite quarterback in the conversation for top three, in the conversation for top five, can contend with any sort of, you know, per- personnel around him, uh, you know, uh, supporting cast scheme. That guy's Richardson. He's it in a year. He's not it right now. But that guy is Richardson. So it'd be justified. And then Will Levis, who's like a good prospect. Yeah, solid builds, solid mobility, solid arms, like a solid quarterback prospect, but has a like a huge like like character sort of thing, like the leadership, the taking on injury, taking on hits, working with, with, with a tough team and like elevating a tough situation. Like Levis is a big culture guy. If you think about what Frank Reich went through with Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. You talk to Will Levis and, and hear what people talk about Will Levis, you would never expect that sort of a situation where a guy loses the locker room and, and, and can't connect to, to the guys in there. So I don't think anybody is out of the conversation. If I do think somebody's out of the conversation, I think it's Bryce. They all seem like pretty high character guys, though, right? I mean, like all, all, all the quarterbacks, I feel like the intangibles are there. Do you know who Will Levis reminded me of on Phil? Uh, was it Carson, Carson Wentz? Wentz. Is that yeah. is that fair or not? I mean, you, I feel like if, if you talk yourself into Levis, you're saying you're getting like the, the, the good version of Carson Wentz that maybe we saw in 2017 uh, pre-injury. He obviously has the monster arm. I will make this prediction. There will 100% be a day between now and the first round of the draft where there is a report that the Panthers are leaning towards Will Levis and then everyone will go yeah. wild. That just feels like it has to happen as part of the draft conversation. All right, that was good. We talked about who the Panthers should take. We talked about Justin Fields. Well, let's finish with a couple of these. For the Panthers, this move is a success if... Finish the sentence, Ben. For the Panthers, this move is a success if... It's probably pretty easy. The quarterback they draft is the franchise quarterback. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's 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 nice and neat, right? That's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah, they hit on the quarterback. That quarterback is the guy who has them in the mix for years to come. That quarterback is the guy they're paying, uh, you know, like a top five quarterback five years from now on his second contract. He's the face of the franchise. He's got them winning the NFC South. He's got them competing for Super Bowls. I mean, listen, that's the reason why you make a move like this. Uh, that really defines success for them here. Uh, for the Chicago Bears, Benjamin, this move, is a success if? Oh, that's tougher. Um, I think it's a success if DJ Moore el- uh, hits and elevates the, the passing offense such that you can evaluate whether or not Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future. That's my one-liner. I think this move is a su- success if Justin Fields is the guy because I think we have to grade the move the compensation given what we know at the time the move was made. And I think they got good compensation uh, in terms of that. I mean, this this decision comes down to whether they screwed up 
taking Justin Fields over one of these other quarterbacks with the top overall pick. Because in terms of cut, even if they miss on the picks that they get for this, it's like, all right, you know, that kind of happens in the draft. But the, the picks that they got, the resources they got, I think all make sense in terms of this, uh, this move down from one to nine. All right, let's finish with this. The Panthers, this move is a failure if the quarterback they select is not the <laughs> franchise guy. It's very like, simple. Even, they picked the yeah. wrong quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, picked the wrong quarterback. Also, if, like, I mean, like, if this is a 0.01% outcome, but if the quarterbacks don't go as fast off the board as we thought they were going to, I think that's also part of the concern. But, like, I'd be shocked if you don't get three quarterbacks in the top four, in which case they're fine. That's true. I guess there, there's a scenario where they could have been patient seeing how the board fell, but uh, I'm kind of with you. I think the quarterbacks are going to go off the board quickly. I think it's fine to do it ahead of time, given what they gave up. So yeah, that that one's pretty easy. It's a failure if they pick the wrong guy. If in five years we're saying, man, they made that move up for quarterback X and quarterback Y went with the third overall pick or the fifth overall pick, and that guy uh, is the best quarterback from this class far and away. Man, it's hard to like look at this right now, and I- I'm with you. Like these, this is a really tough evaluation with these top quarterbacks. I do not. I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to be going wild with any type of confidence with my quarterback takes yes. between now and the first that is round the correct the answer. <laughs> yeah, because it's really tough. All right, and for the Bears, this move is a failure. If what do you got? It's tricky. Like I think this is like like. I never like these questions because I feel like I always want to evaluate the move <laughs> in the moment, right? I want to be like, did you make a good move relative to the information that you had? I like, so I disagree with you. Like, it's it, it's only a win if they if Just Fields is the guy. I understand that there's the the concern okay. that you moved out of the first overall pick when you could have taken a quarterback, and if you had known Just Fields wasn't the guy, you could have stayed and taken a guy. But then you're just a really bad team again next year, and you get an early pick next year, and you can deal with the quarterbacks next year. Like, I don't think you're you're, you're missing out necessarily on too much. So to me, it's a failure if they walk out of next season without clarity on what they need to do at quarterback. I think that that I think that should be off-season goal number one, not just for this move, but for all moves. We end next season knowing if Fields is the guy or not. And so I think that's overall my 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 Bears report card, and this gets folded into that. Well, I think the problem with that though is that. I think their floor, I mean, this is a floor raiser type of offseason for them. Like, they're, we know they're going to be way better at wide receiver. They have all this cap space to use. They're going to be defensive players in their second year in the scheme. Like, I don't, even if Fields is the exact same player he was this last year, doesn't improve at all. I think they're going to be, you know, a, a level better where they're just not going to be picking in the top five again and have an opportunity to draft a quarterback. Now, they will have additional draft capital, so if they want to take a big swing, and there's another scenario where a team with a top two, top three overall pick wants to move out of that, then sure, they can do that, but like nothing's guaranteed here. It was kind of set up neatly that, like, let's say they were convinced Fields wasn't the guy. It would have been very simple. You just stay at one, and you pick the quarterback you want. So I do think this comes down to Fields. Uh, you and I disagree on whether uh, I think the level to which we're confident that he's going to be a great quarterback for for them. I mean, I just look at some of the stuff from last year and I understand the supporting cast uh, sucked, but he had the highest percentage of turnover-worthy plays in the NFL. He was 29th out of 33 quarterbacks in dropback success rate. He had the highest pressure to sack rate in the NFL. He took sacks 14.7% of his dropbacks, the highest of any quarterback since 2000, higher than David Carr back in the day. Uh, He had a high interception rate. So just all those negatives. And I say that as someone who loved watching Justin Fields play last year. Like, I hope this works out for Justin Fields and he's throwing bombs to DJ Moore and that your confidence is rewarded and that he's a great quarterback. I'm just like, like this would have been a really hard decision for me. Just just speaking frankly, if I were in the Bears organization and Ryan Poles goes, what should we do? I would have had a hard time deciding whether to stick with Justin Fields and make the move down or just be like, you know what? These quarter, I like these quarterbacks in the draft a lot. Justin Fields has some warts, uh, you know, to his game. Let's trade him and let's pick one of these quarterbacks uh, ahead of him. So he's a great scrambler. He's a great runner. His limitations as a passer, maybe they were because of his supporting cast and everything around him. Maybe they weren't. That's the fun part about getting to watch this, seeing how players improve. 
He could be an awesome player in 2023 and we'll find out. But that's like, if you're a Bears fan and you wake up tonight uh, in a cold sweat, in a nightmare scenario, it's going to be that one of those quarterbacks we described earlier turns into a star and that it just doesn't happen with Justin Fields and you stick with him for uh, another year and another year and he just doesn't turn out to be the guy you thought you were getting. So again, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. I like him. He's exciting. He's fun. I hope it works out for him. He'll be given a much better chance to succeed next year than he was uh, this past year, but he certainly has stuff he needs to improve on. All right. Did we miss anything, Benjamin? I just saw this, all this. Oh, turnover worthy plays. Oh, sack, sack rates. Just, uh, no, 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 about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You too. Yeah, this isn't on video. Ben was giving yeah. me like the cut, like cut, 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 end the podcast. No, 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 no. I was uh, waving single. you off. You are, <laughs> I, I already know the answer to this, but are you familiar with the that boy nice meme? No, no idea what you're talking yeah, I didn't about. Think I, so. I don't do memes. You know, yeah. It's the picture of, of the, the two guys riding a bus and one of them's looking really sad out the window at a cliff and the other one's at the other side of the bus just looking out like a beautiful landscape. And people, people listening are going to know. The moral of the story is this. You are the sad man looking at all the sad news and I'm the happy man at the happy window just watching Justin Fields break tackles, stiff arm cats, dive for rushing touchdowns. Ain't no problem. I hope so. I love it. I, lo- I loved watching those plays this past year. All right. That was fun. That was Benjamin Solak. That was Stefan Anderson. I mean, what a what an emergency producer. The guy just steps up to the plate and sees the trade, volunteers to produce this on a Friday night. Outstanding work by him. Outstanding work by Ben. We'll have a lot more to say about this. We will have stuff on TheRinger.com about this. And you know what, Ben? I have a feeling we're not getting through this weekend without uh, having some more major breaking news. So I think you're going to have more more stuff on the Ringer (laughs) NFL feed this weekend. And if you don't, if nothing happens, then guess what? It's Ben and I back Monday night after the start of free agency going, no, Bears, why did you spend $17 million on a linebacker when we told you to spend that money on the offensive line or whatever moves we see these teams make? So we'll be back with all of that. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Stefan Anderson. Uh, additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. We will be back soon on the Ringer NFL. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.